it's been an interesting year. I have the magazine here that's gone with four words for 2020. It's called it the worst year ever. For some listening today, that may be true. The phrase that for me caught what this year has been is this. We're all in the same storm, but in different boats. It breaks me up a bit to think about that. And I hope that as a church, we've done some of what we can to rope those different boats together. Just as, a, there's, just as there's a phrase that catches this year for me, there's a word that I've come to particularly appreciate. The word is hope. Hope. It's a word I think is important for everyone, but especially for us as believers. What is hope? I think it's an essential part of what we are. No other creature has the ability to look at the future and to expect it to be better than today. Wikipedia says that hope is an optimistic state of mind. Hope is our ability to look at the future and believe that it is going to go well for us. When I speak on a subject like this, I like to read all of the verses I can find that are relevant. It helps give a balanced view of what the Bible has to say on a subject. It took me a while this time. In my translation of the Bible, there are 180 verses that have the word hope. And to give that some context, take the word perseverance, gritting your teeth and getting through whatever the world throws at you. I feel like I've heard more preachers speak about perseverance and hope. Yet the word perseverance appears just 11 times in my Bible. Okay, let's start to look at some of the 180 times that hope appears. Firstly, let's check my claim that hope is a part of what we are as humans. Well, the old cynic that wrote Ecclesiastes said this in chapter 9 and verse 4. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a dead, uh, even a live dog, sorry, is better off than a dead lion. I guess they didn't treat dogs the way we do in this country. Some of our dogs have a pretty fine life. But the point here is that anyone who is among the living has hope. Of course, you may well be sitting there thinking, but, but, but so much of human hope is a complete nonsense. Well, on the 2nd of January of this year, the right honourable Boris Johnson talked to Twitter. I, thought, I think you know this isn't going to go well. And he wrote this. This is going to be a fantastic year for Britain. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. But hope is about looking to the future and our hopes, hearts are prone to outlandish statements about what has yet to happen. The Bible uses another animal to describe this foolishness. I'm reading from Psalms 33 verse 17. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. Not many of us are in danger of putting our hope in a horse. But what about our job, or a home, or a family, or a bank account? Like a horse back in the day, 
Those sins can give us security for a while, but they are a vain hope for deliverance. There are some very difficult truths in life, and I want to touch on one of them to, to, today. I, I'm sorry if what I, I'm about to say is hard to bear, but it builds the foundations for what I will say later. Uh, of course, there are grounds to hope in this life. I'm hoping for the day when we can go back to the madness around the coffee machine at the end of the service. And I've got good reasons to believe that hope will come good in the coming year. Yet look far enough ahead and so much of human hope is crushed. Listen to what Job said in Job chapter 7 verse 6. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and they come to an end without hope. I love watching someone who's gifted in a practical skill. And so I can see that picture of a weaver shuttle flying backwards and forwards. It's a picture of life lived at speed. But then it goes dead. For so many people, this past year has been a brutal reality check. We can think of ourselves as invincible or concrete or powerful. Well, this year, a tiny, tiny clump of molecules has brought the whole world to its knees. It's been a horrible but important reminder of how fragile and how vulnerable our lives are. All of our lives end. It's what the ageing process is about. If you look at someone in their 20s and then look at me, you can see it happening. I don't think it's a path that any of us would choose, but it is the reality for every single one of us. It's the reality that so many run from, and sadly, that means that their days end without hope. Does that mean that hope has been placed in the human heart only for it to be crushed? Not at all. As was suggested at the beginning of the series on Hebrews, I've been reading Hebrews all the way through once a week. Now I always find when I do that, that I struggle to focus on much of what I'm reading. But there are always verses that stand out so much that I look forward to reading them each time I read the book through. And for me, one such verse is Hebrews 6, verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Again, I love the imagery. My first thought is of a boat in a mighty storm being held firm. And when life is crashing around us, how important it is to have something that holds us secure. But anchors aren't just for storms. In fact, they're probably more used when everything appears calm. Leave a boat without an anchor and it slowly drifts away. So when we think of those words, hope as an anchor for the soul, perhaps we should be thinking of our lives slowly drifting, more than of a great storm raging. People hope for many, many things it's likely that more than a few of you are hoping that this will be a talk without any mention of football. Sorry, but that's another hope crushed. 
Spend time with our football fans for a few minutes and you're likely to hear all sorts of misguided and even comical hopes mingled with some genuine pragmatism. Hope of itself isn't necessarily a good thing. Well, Paul was very clear that our hope is about what happens beyond this life. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19, he wrote this. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we of all people must be pitied. That may be a verse specifically written for those facing great persecution. A God is a loving father and there are many blessings in this life. And so there are many things that we can hope for. But the foundation of our hope is what we have in Christ and what our future holds because of that. It's not just that hope holds us firm. I believe it should also put a smile on our face. Psalm 62 verse 5 reads, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Something in that phrase, yes, my soul, find rest in God, that communicates a real sense of being at peace in a way that allows you to truly relax. In this Romans 15, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It talks about overflowing with hope. That word overflowing communicates that we have something that will bless others. There are a number of people in the church that have allotments. Something you soon, soon learn when you grow stuff to eat is that it tends to all be ready for harvest at the same time. And then there's too much of it. What do you do? I guess you could have a month of eating courgettes for breakfast or you could make enough pickle to feed you for life. But, but many people respond to an overflowing harvest by giving their produce away to others. Well, maybe, maybe there are some people who want to pull their bag of courgettes back as they're giving them to you, thinking, I put so much effort into this, why do I have to give it away? But they're surely in the small minority. People are much more likely to think, I have this in abundance. It's my joy to bless you with it. You see, the word overflowing suggests joy and delight in giving to others. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may you overflow with hope. Hope is part of the Trinity though probably not the one that first comes to mind. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. It says this, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, love is the greatest. What's the pecking order for faith and hope? Well, unlike hope, faith has its own chapter in the Bible. Hebrews 11, and that chapter starts like this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So as we become more certain of something, at some point it changes from faith to hope. 
uh, sorry, from hope to faith, from hope to faith. It feels a bit like hope turns into faith when it grows up. I read a, a very interesting comment while I was preparing for this talk. It was that there is no hope in heaven. Sounds negative, but it's the opposite. In a place that is perfect, nothing ever gets better. And so there is no hope and no need for hope that the future will be better than today. I think you can also argue there's no faith in heaven as nothing will be hidden. So love is eternal. So yes, the greatest of these is love. So does that mean that hope isn't important? Not at all. And to listen to me this morning is likely a reminder that you're still on this earth and not in heaven. And so long as we're on this earth, in these bodies, hope is at the core of our being. So this year has reminded me of the importance of hope. Across this world, billions of people have been tearing up the news every day, hoping for signs of an end or an easing to the pandemic. Now we are, and we should be part of that, but we're also different. We have a source of hope that will never fail us, a hope that is the anchor of our soul. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may you overflow with that hope. Bless you.